Amen. Remain standing, if you would. Acts chapter number 27, verse number 20. The terrible storm raged for many days. Blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. The Bible says in verse number 21, no one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place. Paul sounds like a woman. (laughs) You should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. Somebody say Crete. Crete. Now somebody say Yeet. Yeet. All right, that's where I got it from right there. I read Crete and I thought Yeet. I'm just going to be honest with you, but I'll explain it a little bit later in the sermon as we open up this series that I've entitled, Yeet. It came from that one word, Crete. Now watch this. You would have avoided all of this damage and loss, verse number 22, but take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For the last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and to whom I serve stood beside me. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul. For you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone selling with you. Now, I don't know about you, but I love it when God blesses me. But I love it even more when he blesses me because of you. Look to your neighbor and tell him, I may just be your blessing connection. Go and tell You may be sitting inside your blessing this morning. Go tell somebody. I dare you to slap somebody behind you and say, you may be just standing in front of your blessing connection. God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone selling with you. Not because of you, but because of Paul. But because of Paul. Now watch this. So take courage. Ah, uh, there's that word. Y'all see why I had to preach that last week? So take courage. Some of you scratching your head. I preached in Joshua last week, and I told you that 10 times in the book of Joshua, God told Joshua to take courage, to stand strong. And Moses, my servant, is dead. Now it's time for you to step up, Joshua, and take, take courage. Verse number 25. So take courage, for I believe God. Look to you every time, I believe God. Listen, I don't know what you're faced with this morning, but here's what you can believe. I believe God. Listen, I don't care what struggle you may have went through getting here this morning. I believe God. I don't care what the enemy may have told you. I believe God. I believe God. High five somebody and tell them, I believe God. Now watch what it says. It will be just as he said. It will be just as he said. Verse number 26, somebody shout, but. There's always a but. But, I want to preach today. Is that all right? But, we will be shipwrecked on an island. I want to preach a message that I've entitled today, What Did I Tell You? What did I tell you? You may be seated all over the house today. Listen, don't you just love when somebody looks at you (laughs) and says, What did I tell you? No, you don't. We don't, that you like to say it, but you don't like to hear it. Listen, the truth of the matter is we like to say it, but we don't like to hear it because basically what it means when somebody looks at you and say, what did I tell you? It means you was wrong and I was right. 
Y'all don't believe me? Take a little road trip with the family. Don't take the turn that you should have taken. When the wife said, you got to turn here. No, I'm going to go down three. You got to turn here. And then when you got to turn around and go back and make that trip again, she's going to look at you and say, what I tell you? What did I tell you? That's her. So whenever you hear that phrase, you know somebody's basically telling you, you were wrong and I was right. So it's not a good feeling to be on the other side of, what did I tell you? Because in reality, it's saying that you messed up. It means that you made the wrong choice. It means that you have made the wrong decision. And here in Acts 27, the wrong decision was being, was being made. And so I look at this today, and listen, and I want to just ask you today, have you ever asked yourself, watch this, why did I make that decision? Listen, you ever ask yourself, why in the world did I respond to that text? Have you ever asked yourself, why did I say the things that I said? Why didn't I just keep my mouth <laughs> shut? Come on, I'm going to keep on until I get to your neighborhood. Why did I date that fool? Come on, I'm just saying, do you ever just get to the point that you just ask yourself, what was I thinking when I did what I did. What was I thinking when I took that job? What, what, was, what was it? Why did I say what I said when I said what I said? In other words, you made the wrong decisions. And wrong decisions can be painful. Listen, wrong decisions, if you will, can cause regret. But I want you to see this because I want you to get this. Wrong decisions happen to every single one of us. Listen, everybody under the sound of my voice has made a wrong Decision. Some of you have made some even this morning. You hear me right? Every single one of us make wrong decisions from time to time. And that's just the truth of the matter. We don't always make the right decision. And it's okay because you're going to make, come on, I'm going to help you today. You are going to make wrong decisions. It's actually impossible not to. Listen, statistics show us that we make over 35,000 decisions per day. Did you know that? We actually make 35,000 different decisions each day. And it can be something as simple as trying to figure out what you're going to eat for breakfast. Listen, some of you, it took you 10 different decisions till you finally made up your mind. You know why I just ain't going to eat nothing. But how many decisions did you go through before you finally made up that decision? We are constantly making decisions. And so if you don't learn to make the right decision, you have the potential to make 35,000 wrong decisions. Now I tell my peeps, I mean, you're okay, I make, I make mistakes, but one out of 35,000 is not too bad. I'm just saying, I'm just, no, we're going to make wrong. We're going to make wrong decisions because there's so many decisions that we have to make. But what I want you to understand today is decisions are, they're powerful because we make roughly 2,000 decisions per hour. 2,000 different decisions are made. Watch this, 226 decisions are made concerning food alone. In, in a day, within a day, 226 decisions are made concerning food. Listen, we spend three hours of our day trying to figure out what we're going to eat, what we're going to wear, and what we're going to watch. Three hours of our day, that's what we do. We spend it, what we're going to eat, what we're going to wear, and what we're going to watch. Some of you could have spent a little bit of time on that wearing this morning. But anyway, we make wrong decisions. But you know what that tells me? That tells me, watch that, this tells me that that Big Mac really isn't $4.11. 
Listen, it cost you a lot of your time just trying to decide, do I want to get extra sauce on it or don't want to tell them to hold off the sauce because of the calories? I'm just, it's just the little decisions, but they add up to a lot of decisions. And because they take so much time and it takes so much of our focus just to make those decisions, 226 decisions just on what we're going to eat. What we eat for lunch today? I don't know. But we'll probably spend about 200 decisions right here in the parking lot trying to decide uh, before we leave here today. Listen, which tells me Facebook and Instagram's not free. Yeah, it is. It didn't cost me anything. I had to download that app. No, no, no. You know what? It cost you your focus. And for some of you, it's costing you your family. You know why? Because you spent so much time on it. And you made the decision to download the app, and I did too. But I'm, I'm, come on, I'm preaching now, y'all know. <laughs> we make those decisions, and sometimes we make wrong Decisions. Decisions are powerful. Listen, they're powerful because decisions determine your direction and they determine your future. And I want to caution you to be careful on impulse decisions. Listen, because those impulsive decisions can be the worst. Because wrong decisions, I want you to get this before you leave, wrong decisions can cause guilt. Listen, wrong decisions can cause regret. Wrong decisions can cause shame. And listen, sometimes you deep into a decision before you think, wait a minute, I think I've made a bad. I think I've made a bad decision in that. Listen, that is Paul's case. Paul is in the middle of the sea when he realized that. Listen, Acts chapter number 27 is all about a bad decision. Paul's in the middle of a storm. A really, really bad in the scripture all hope the Bible says was lost in this storm and the scripture says that the sun and the stars were blotted out look at him tell me that's a bad storm <laughs> Listen, that's, oh, come on tell your neighbor that's you don't know what somebody going beside you may be going through and I'm going to help you before I leave that look at your neighbor tell me that's a bad storm listen Paul was going through a bad a bad storm and they really did not know whether they were going to make it or not and the storm was there because of a bad decision and can I tell you, for once and for all, they could not say that the devil made them do it. Y'all know we love to blame the devil, right, all the time. We love to say, no, it was the devil that made me do it. Well, in this case, guess what? Nobody on that ship could say, well, the devil made us do it. Guess what? Can I go and tell you today, the devil don't always make you do it. You chose to respond to that text. Listen, you chose to click. Listen, you chose to charge on that credit card. Come on. Listen, you chose to phone that friend. Come on, don't always blame the devil. Sometimes you got to take responsibility and say, I was the one that made that decision and it was not it was not the devil you made the decision and Paul is in the storm because he made the decision actually Paul didn't make the decision listen Paul was actually in this storm because somebody else had made the decision now it is one thing to be in the storm because you made the choice to be there it's a whole nother sermon listen when somebody else made the decision and it affected it affected you. But guess what? It, it happens. And Paul finds himself in a mess. Paul finds himself in a storm because somebody else had made it. Now, I want you to see this because and I'm going to work through this entire chapter today. Watch that Paul calls all of the people together right in the middle of this hellacious storms, And he says, what did I tell you? That's what Paul said. Oh, y'all don't believe me. Y'all believe me. Let me read it to you. Finally, Paul called all the crew together. Verse number 21. Y'all looking at me side-eyed. Men, you should have listened to me. Paul said, what did I tell you? That's what Paul was saying. What did I tell you? You should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. Somebody say Crete. 
and you would have avoided all this loss. I can sum all that up and say, what did I tell you? Paul called them in together and said, what did I tell you? Because when Paul was in Crete, Paul said, you know what, guys? We ought not to leave. Matter of fact, we need to read the entire chapter. And I'm going to give it all to you. Watch this. Acts chapter number 27, verse number 1. When the time came, you got to understand the journey here. When the time came for us to set sail for Italy, Paul and several of the prisoners was placed in custody of a Roman soldier named Julius. Now skip on over. Watch this. We were left on the ship and it was scheduled to make several stops at ports along the coast of the providence. The next day, when we docked at Sidon, Julius was very kind to Paul and let him go ashore to visit with his friends so they could provide for his needs. Putting out to the sea from there, we encountered strong winds, headways, and made it difficult for us to keep the ship on course. So we sailed north of Cyprus between the islands of the mainland, keeping to the open sea. Go verse number six. There the commanding officer found an Egyptian ship from Alexandria that was bound to Italy, and he put us on board. Watch verse number seven. We had several days of slow sailing. So everything started out pretty good, right? Okay, this trip's not going to be that bad. And after, watch this, after great difficulty, we finally neared Sidonis. But the wind was against us, so we sailed across to Crete and along the sheltered coast of the island past the Cape of Salmon. We struggled along the coast with great difficulty and finally arrived at Fair Havens, which is Crete, near the town of Lacey. We had lost a lot of time. The weather was becoming dangerous for sea travel because it was so late in the fall. And Paul spoke to the officers about it. Verse number 10. Watch this. This is what I want you to see. Men, he said, I believe there's trouble ahead if we go on. Shipwreck, loss of cargo, danger to our lives as well. But the officer in charge of the prisoners listened more to the ship's captain and the owner than to Paul. All this happened in Crete. Somebody say Crete. Listen, all this happened in Crete. I want you to see this because the storm didn't happen until verse number 14. Verse number 14, that storm that happened could have been avoided if they'd have just listened to Paul back in verse number Verse number 10. In other words, Paul was telling them, listen, we don't have to go through this storm. We don't have to make it that way. But nobody wanted to listen to Paul. Nobody wanted to listen to him. And listen, can I just tell you there are some storms in your life that you will not encounter if you will just listen to wise counsel. Listen, if you'll just listen to those that know a little bit more about what's going on than you do. And that's what the captain of the ship should have done, but they did not. They did not listen to Paul. So let me ask you the question, who are you listening to? Let me ask you the question, who are you taking counsel from? Listen, are you the only one you ask before you make a decision to do something? Y'all do know we talk to ourselves. Let me say, do I, do I want to do that? Or do I, do, are you the only one? Listen, the Bible says this. The Bible says where there is no counsel, people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. The Bible says in Proverbs 12 and 15, the way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. Proverbs 15 and 22, without consultation, plans are frustrated, but with the many counselors you will, watch this, succeed. Listen, there are some storms in life that you do not have to go through if you'll just listen to those that know more 
than you know. Listen, if you'll just listen to wise counsel, they should have listened to Paul. This was not Paul's first rodeo. If you study the scripture, you'll find out Paul's done sailed this way three different times. He's traveled here before. But the bottom line was Paul was not a passenger and Paul was not the captain. Paul was a prisoner. And they thought because of who Paul was in the moment that Paul was, they figured that Paul had no business telling them what they should do. So they dismissed Paul, if you would. Listen, I want to just tell you, be careful who you dismiss along the way come on listen be careful who you dismiss along the way be careful who you assume that they don't know what they know and you think you know more than they know come on y'all know what I'm talking about Ah, today listen when the storm came they realized that they had left from from Crete and it was in Crete which is where I got ye where everything broke loose where everything went south let me ask you the question. Have you ever set sail from Crete? Mm-hmm. Let you think about that just a minute because y'all said, I don't know what's Crete. <laughs> Have you ever set sail from Crete? Watch this because Crete is the place where Paul said, let's not go. Listen, Crete is the place where Paul offered them a warning. Listen, Crete is the place where you miss the warning that has tried to be given to you. Crete is the place where you miss the signs that are there for you. Crete is the place where you miss those feelings that are on the inside of you. The Bible says in verse number 14, but the weather changed abruptly. Hello, can I help you just a moment? Can I tell you things can change in an instant? Can I tell you you can get one text this morning and life can change abruptly you can get one phone call this morning and life could change abruptly you got to hear this day so crete means this watch this crete literally means flesh and carnal oh let me ask the question again have you ever made a decision and sailed out from crete listen crete is the place where you think you know best because it feels good in the moment. Ah, come on, I'm going to preach to you today. Listen, Crete uh, is that place where you ignore all of the warnings. So let me ask you the question again. Have you ever set sail from Crete? Have you ever set sail out of the flesh? In other words, you made a decision based on how it was feeling in the flesh and not necessarily how it was feeling in the spirit. Come on, we're going to have an altar call in just a few moments and I'll be the first down there because all of us have left out uh, from Crete. Listen, this message is not to make you feel bad. This message is not to condemn you or to point a finger at you because all of us have left out from Crete. All of us have made decisions based uh, on the flesh and not in the spirit. And I want you to get an understanding today. There is a difference in desire and discernment. Come on. Listen, there's a difference in desire and discernment. And you got to be careful not to make the decisions that we make out of desire. Listen, let's be careful to make the decisions that we make out of discernment. Listen, we got to be careful making decisions out of the flesh when in reality we need to be making them out of the Spirit. Listen, the Bible says they set sail from the place. Watch this. Take out the word Crete. They set sail from the place of Crete. They set sail from the place of the flesh. You know, it's interesting because when I told Pastor Kip that I needed a boat, I'm glad we kind of communicated a little little bit uh, because he was going to make a John boat. 
we're going to make a little, we're going to make a little John boat. And, and uh, so we were talking, and I said, look, I need a boat for my sermon. I told him this two or three weeks ago. I've been working on this series for, believe it or not, for a few weeks. And, uh, and I told him a couple weeks ago, I said, I'm, I'm going to need a boat. And so he just automatically thought, a John boat. And I know that thing, well, what does it matter what kind of boat that it was? Well, this was a special ship that, that they were, they, they were on. And so I told him, I said, no, you can't, you can't build a John boat. A John boat's not going to work because this boat in Acts 27 was not a fishing boat. Listen, this boat in Acts 27 was not a cruise line. Come on. <laughs> Listen, watch this. This boat was a grain boat. Yeah, you ain't never heard that, right? It, it was a grain boat. It was a, a cargo selling ship, uh, if you would. And you may be sitting here and you may say, well, what, what does that even matter in the story? And that's why I like to teach to you because I teach us, I teach us things. It was a grain boat meant that this was a business trip. Oh, now this is beginning to make a little bit more sense. This is beginning to make a little bit more sense why they would leave out of Crete when Paul said don't leave out of Crete because these folks were chasing a dollar. Hello, somebody. <laughs> Listen, because it was a business. It was, they were stopping at different ports and they were picking up grain and, and they were taking it and they were heading to Rome and, and, and Paul just happened to be a prisoner that was above the ship because they were catching, they were taking him to, to catch a trip, if you would, over the Rome. But this was a business boat and you need to get an understanding of that because then it makes you understand why they were so concerned about selling out when they should not have sailed out. Listen, that's why they sailed out in the flesh. Listen, and when you let the flesh make your decisions, watch this. Listen, you, it'll make you go for it regardless of the consequences. Listen, whenever you begin to make decisions out of the flesh and instead of out of the spirit, it'll make you go for it regardless of the warning signs that are, that are there. Listen, they, they went because they... They wanted it. They went because they had a business deal. And, and, and watch this. They based their decisions based on the flesh. We got grain we got to pick up. We got, it's going to cost us money if we port here and stop here too long. Somebody shout wrong decision. <laughs> Listen, but it was, the, it was the wrong decision. But not only the wrong decision, don't you see this? Look at verse number 12. The Bible says, And since Fair Haven, and that's how much Creek, was an exposed harbor, a poor place to spend the winter. Most of the crew wanted to go to Phoenix, farther up the coast of Crete, and spend the winter there. This was a three-month trip, by the way. Phoenix was a good harbor with only a southwest and northwest exposure. Go back. Wait a minute. A poor place to spend the winter. Listen, not only was it a wrong decision, they were selling in the wrong season. Listen, not only was it a wrong decision, they were selling in the wrong season. It was, it was winter. Listen, and if I was a betting man, watch this, if I was a betting man, I'd bet that we get in what we get in. We get in those moments where people can look at us and say, what did I tell you? Listen, what was it that I tell you? We get in those moments because we are in the wrong season. Listen, not only because we've made the wrong decision, but because we've made it in the wrong season. I'm not saying that they should not have set sail. Listen, I'm not talking bad about their business deals. I, I'm not saying that it was a bad thing to go from port to port and to collect grain. But what I am saying is they traveled in the wrong season. And the Bible tells us, Solomon warned us in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse number 1, there's a time for everything, a, a season for every activity. Y'all need to hear this today. Solomon said there is a season for every activity under the heavens. So here's my warning. <laughs> Listen, you better set sail 
in the right season. Listen, you better make sure. Listen, because so often we get ahead of God. Y'all know I'm preaching today. Listen, so often we get ahead of God and we don't want to wait for our season. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but we don't want to wait for the season that God has ordained for us. And Solomon said there's a time for everything. Listen, I don't care what the decision is. There's a time for everything. Watch this. For every season, a season for every activity under the heavens. So let me just ask you the questions, full of questions today. Are you paying attention to what season God has you? Listen, are you paying attention to what season that God has you in? Listen, it may not be that God's saying you can't. He may just be saying it's the wrong season to be selling. Are you paying attention to the season that God has you in? Listen, matter of fact, I would encourage you, ask God to show you the right season. Listen, just simply ask God to show you. God, show me what season you want me in. God, show me what season I'm supposed to move when you say move because what did they do? They ignore Paul. Listen, they ignored Paul. They set sail. The scripture says they lost hope. Everything was looking really, really bad. And guess what? Some of you may be there today. Listen, some of you may be in a, in a boat of decisions that you've made that set out sail on the wrong season and it started out looking pretty good, but now you've realized you've left from the port of flesh. <laughs> listen, you left out from the port of creek. Now listen, I want you to pay very close attention because the Bible says that the storm grew worse. And the Bible says that as the storm began to grow worse, they began to throw everything Overboard. Read it. It's in your scripture. They began throwing the grain. Wait a minute. The stuff that was supposed to make us money, the very stuff that we were traveling from port to port, and they began to throw it overboard. Now, I want you to see this. Listen, all because they were in the storm, and I can't help it, but if I bring it up to the day's date, I believe as they began to make one of those throws. Let me do it again. I just can't help believe somebody didn't say, yeet. Listen, because watch this. Watch this. Yeet. Yeet means to throw. Listen, yeet is an expression of excitement when throwing something. Now, I think they were scared when they said yeet. And I know I got it from the word creep, but it just, it worked out good. Watch this. Because they began to throw things. They began throwing the grain overboard. And I cannot help but believe somebody probably hollered out yeet. But watch, here's what happened. Whenever you set sail in the flesh, listen, you lose the very thing you set sail for. In the first place, oh, is anybody hearing what I'm teaching to you today? The very thing, listen, because they made the wrong decision and they made it in the wrong season, the very thing that they were even selling for, they lost it anyway. I don't know about you, but it would be wise to set sail in the right decision and in the right season because here's your warning. You may just lose what you set sail for in the first place. Good preaching, Pastor. Listen, you may lose what you set sail for in the first place place but what do you do what do you do when you're in the middle of the storm listen what do you do when it seems that all hope is lost listen what do you do I told you from the beginning 35,000 decisions a, a day what do you do when you make a wrong decision what do you do when you've made a decision in the flesh well here let me help you you do verse 22 because see right after Paul said what I tell you Listen, right after Paul said, what do I tell you? Then he says, here's what you do. Look at verse number 22. Verse number 22, he says, take 
Courage. Listen, do y'all see why I had to preach Joshua last week and get you an understanding that God always tells us to take courage? Listen, God doesn't begin harboring on us and saying, oh, you made a bad decision. You're such a bad person. And remember, I told you last week, listen, God will bring conviction, but God does not bring condemnation. Know what Paul said. Paul said, here's how you fix your mess. You take You take courage. Paul said, watch the verse, take courage. None of you will lose your lives even though the ship will go down. Take courage. Listen, the bad news is the ship is going to break. But here's the good news. You are not going to lose your life. Listen, don't you love it? Paul's got good news and Paul's got bad news. Listen, you may lose some things, but listen, be thankful you're still here. Come on. Yeah, you may have set out in the wrong decision. Can I help you today? Take courage in knowing that God has still got you. Yes, you may have lost your job, but guess what? You're still here. Yes, you may have lost that business, but guess what? You are still here. You may have lost some sleep, but guess what? You are still here. You may have lost hope along the journey, but you are still here. You may have lost some credibility, but guess what? You are still here. You may have lost some things. Paul said to take courage. Notice he said take courage. He said, I ain't giving you nothing. You got to take it. You got to take it. It ain't something you can order. It's something you got to, something you got to take. Don't wait on courage to happen. Listen, listen, you cannot get down in your little ship and get in your little blanket and huddle down and just hope that courage is going to come to you. No, Paul was very bold. He said, you got to take it. Don't wait on it. Take courage. Listen, in other words, stop focusing on the ship. Because see, Paul told us, he said, look, got good news and I got bad news. The good news is you're going to make it. Look at your name, that's good news. Listen, the bad news is, he said, the ship, it ain't going to make it. <laughs> Paul said, the ship is not going to make it. So I want to encourage somebody by telling you, stop focusing on the ship. Listen, stop focusing on what was lost. Come on, I'm going to help you while I'm preaching today. Stop focusing on what was lost and realize that you are still here. Stop worrying and sweating over the ship and realize that you are still here. Maybe it was a relationship. Stop focusing on the ship and realize that you are still here. Come on, I'm going to help you. I'm here. You need to quit snooping on their timeline and just leave it alone. That relationship has already set sail and you watching everything they do on Facebook. Come on, y'all. Just realize that that ship is gone. That's the bad news. But guess what? You are still here. You are still here. The ship may not have made it, but you made it. Listen, so often we fall in love with the ship. Listen, and, and Paul said the ship's gone. Paul was very clear. He said it's not going to make it. Listen, it might have been a partnership. It's gone. It might have been a friendship, but guess what? That ship has sailed. But watch Paul's announcement. Ronald, you come on. Watch Paul's announcement. But take courage. Verse 22. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down for last night. Oh, I love this. An angel of God to whom I belong and to whom I serve stood beside me. I just want to help somebody. I don't care if your ship is going down. <laughs> Listen, I don't care if it is going down for the last count. You got an angel standing beside you to whom you serve and to whom you stood beside me. Watch this. So the next time you're in trouble, listen, the next time you are losing hope, 
Listen, the next time you feel like you are being destroyed, I dare you just to look up into the heavens and say, Hey, Father, this vessel here feels like it's going down for the last count. And I need to take courage in you. This vessel that I've got right here that I'm traveling on this journey called life, Lord, it belongs to you. And you promised me that I'm going to make it. The ship may go down, but God, you made me a promise. I'm going to make it. Verse 24, do not be afraid. Paul, for you are surely, this is the angel speaking, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. That's the whole reason he's going in the first place. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone selling with you. 25, so take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said. Listen, Paul's teaching us something here. Can I teach just a few more moments? Listen, Paul, Paul's teaching us a little something right here. What I tell you. <laughs> that's what Paul said. But watch this. What happens when you do make the wrong decision? That, that's where I need help at. <laughs> I, I need help in knowing what happens when, when this ship is set sail and I'm out in the middle and the ship is, is going down and I realize that it's the wrong decision and that it's in the wrong season. Watch, Paul's teaching us something here. Paul is teaching us. Watch, he's teaching us that God is in control. Listen, he's teaching us that God is in full control. Listen, God is in full control of your wrong decision. God is in full control of your wrong season. Listen, God is in full control of your wrong choices. Listen, and I know, listen, I know that when you're out in the middle of the storm, listen, I know when it's raging and the sails are, are just forcing against you, I know it feels like that the wind's in control. Listen, it feels like the storm is what is controlling you, but Paul is showing us in the scripture and he's wanting to teach us today that God is in control. Y'all must not remember the Jesus I remember that stepped out on the wind and the waves and said, peace, be still. And all of a sudden, all the calm had to come. Paul is teaching us here that, yes, you may have set sail in a wrong decision. Yes, you may have set sail in a wrong season. But God is in control. Watch this. The angel said, none of you are going to lose your life. In other words, said, all 276 of y'all are going to be brought to safety. Can I just tell you, that is the power and the promise of God. That is the power and the promise of God. I got a little more to teach and I'm going to stop. Watch this. And later in the chapter, later in the chapter, the sailors see land. And watch what the Bible says. The Bible says as they, as they saw that land, they decided they were going to let down the lifeboats and they were going to get in and read it. It's in your scripture. They were going to let it down. And Paul said, whoa, 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 stop. Don't you do that. Paul said, because if you do that, you're going to die. Time out, Mama. You just told me we were all going to make it. Yeah, but if you let down that ship and you go in your own way, listen, you make the decision to go your own way after I done told you God's promise of what God's going to do, you will die. And there's a lesson here for the church. Listen, watch this. While God is in control, we still got the responsibility to do things God's way. Oh, I know that's not good preaching. That's okay. Get quiet on me now. Listen, we have the, although God is in control, we still have the responsibility of doing life God's way. Because guess what? Our decisions have consequences. Yes, God is in control. Yes, God has given us a promise that we're going to make it. But guess what? We still have the responsibility to do the right thing. We still have the responsibility to do life God's 
way. Listen, don't you come in here trying to claim God's promises, but you're trying to do life your way. God, I'm going to help somebody while I'm here today. I know it's not. I know it's not popular preaching, but it's the right stuff. Let this be a warning. Verse number 30, then the sailors tried to abandon the ship. They lowered the lifeboat as though they were going to put out anchors from front of the ship. But Paul said to the commanding officers and soldiers, you will all die unless the sailors stay on board. So the soldiers cut the ropes to the lifeboat and they let it drift away. Listen, there are some of you in here today and you know the promises of God. Listen, there are some of you in here today, you know that God is in control. I haven't taught you anything new. You know that. You knew that before I ever started the sermon that God is in control. But I feel like God sent me this way to tell you that you better cut the ropes of doing life your way and get back to doing life God's way. I feel like God commissioned me to be here this morning to tell you, you better cut the ropes of doing life your way and get back to doing life God's way. Listen, you, let your way drift and stay aboard God's way. Now listen, y'all get mad at the preacher if you want to. Listen, you get mad at the preacher if you want to, but some of you are claiming the promises of God but you're not doing life God's way. Listen, I, I'm just telling you. Can I, can I just tell you there's some, there's some things that are God's way. You ain't going to like it. You ain't going to like it. You ain't going to like it. That's okay. Tithing is God's way. Listen, tithing is, tithing is God's way. I'm telling you. May, five months into this year, $21,000 in the red at free worship. You know why? Not because we're spending more money. Because people chose to do life their way. Oh, preacher, that's tough preaching. No, that's real preaching. And guess what? Tithing is a part of God's way. You expect God to be in total control and you expect God to give you all your promises, but no, don't ask me to, to tithe, God. You just, you shared it this morning. Test me. See if I'm not open up the windows of heaven and pour out. Tithing is God's way. Listen, having your kids in church is God's way. Listen, the Bible says bring up the kids in the nurture and admonition. Bring up the kids in the way they're going. When they're old, They'll not depart from it. Listen, they'll not depart from it. They'll not depart from it. Listen, I'm thankful. I'm telling you, I, I got a text from somebody yesterday. We, we went to the movies. Got a text from somebody, and I had no clue they even listened to any of my sermons. Had no clue. And they text, and they said, I remember a sermon you preached, and you made the comment that Landon wasn't playing ball on Sunday. And look at him now. That's what they text me. I said, look at him now. Going to college to play ball because you stuck by. And he said, God, help us all to make the right decision. Help us all. Here's really what he was saying. Help us all to do life God's Listen, I'm not saying that you play ball on Sunday. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying, listen, sometimes you got to put an anchor down and say, no, we got to do guys. God's way. Listen, having your kids in church, I told you it's not popular preaching. Listen, being faithful to the house. Listen, the Bible says those that, days that are in the house of the Lord will flourish. That they'll flourish as the trees flourish. Those that are planted. Those that are planted. Ah, that's all right. Listen, you have a responsibility to be on board. God's ship. And I'm done. One last thing. and I'm going to go and stand all over the house. One last thing. I know some of you want to slip out. That's all right. One last thing. One last thing. Watch this. This is really, this is really weird, but, and I wasn't going to preach this, but this is going to help somebody, okay? Well, one more really weird thing happened on this ship. It's kind of, it's really kind of weird because watch this in verse number 33. And we're going to be here for three weeks. Watch this, verse number 33. I've never preached the same series out the same scripture, but we're going to. 33. Just as the day was dawning, Paul urged everyone to eat. 
that's just, that's just so weird. He's watching. He said, you have been so worried that you haven't touched food for two weeks. This is Paul speaking. Please eat something. Watch this now. For your own good. For not a hair on your heads will perish. Then his Bible says he took bread and he broke a piece off and he ate it. I don't know about you. Paul was in the middle of a storm. And here's what Paul says. Paul says, hey, real quick, everybody. Y'all hadn't ate, and we're going to eat. And this is what I think God's saying. And I, I don't know who this is for, but God said, listen, we got a little swimming to do. <laughs> Paul said, listen, listen, the shit's going down, and y'all better gather up some strength. In other words, watch this. In other words, I think what Paul was trying to symbolize to us is that you got to do something for strength. Listen, it's not just enough to say, oh, God, give me, give me strength, and then sit down and think, well, God didn't give it. I said, y'all better take some of that bread. Y'all better get to eating because this shit fixing to break. And y'all got swimming that you got to do. And I thought that was really weird because here's what I really thought about when I saw this. Paul took communion. Listen, Paul took communion. Look in the scripture. The Bible says he took the bread and he blessed it and he ate it. Isn't that what Jesus said to do when we remember him and what he did for us? on the cross. He said, every time that you take up this bread and eat, listen, and I just, I don't know, but there's just, it doesn't say it in scripture, but just something that me, Paul was saying, listen, God's got this. God's got this, and God's going to strengthen you for the journey. But you got to be willing to eat. You got to be willing to take. Listen, that's a word for all of us. You better pick up that Bible, eat on that word, and get you some strength. Listen, because the storm's getting rougher. Listen, I, I, I don't know about y'all, but I'm telling you, the storm is rough. I, I look around and it's really rough, and I just believe God was telling us, listen, you better, you better get you some bread. What did he say the bread was? I believe in these last days, God said, y'all better get in that word and get your strength, get your courage, get your everything that you need for the journey. Savior and to be my Lord and today.
in this moment, I need to make the right decision. Listen, I may mess up all 34,999 decisions that I'm going to make today, but there's one I'm going to make right today, and it's going to be choosing Christ. And so right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you just slip up your hand and say, Pastor, you are talking directly to me. Today is my day. Would you just slip up your hand, put it right back down. I'm not coming to you, not running down. Just put it up and right back down. Anybody in the house today? I'm going to go. I'm just going to survey real quick. Anybody in the house today? Listen, take courage. That's how you take courage. Listen, maybe some of you today and you're 